What's going on, guys? Another episode of the Red Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I am joined by my co-host Matt Llewellyn. Matt, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Let's see if we can avoid any uh, snafus or power outages or whatever's been happening the last couple of weeks, and just have a great show. Yeah, let's let's hope for that. Um, I mean, this episode's titled "The Eleventh Hour." As of today, we were recording this eleven days until the NFL draft. Yep. Uh, man, there's so much going around. It's really hard to understand or, or I guess to decipher what's real and what's not. Um, there's still some big prominent names saying that mm-hmm. it's, it's basically Mac Jones. Michael Lombardi recently came out saying that mm-hmm. he wants to put his sources up against anybody else's sources that the 49ers are not going to draft Justin Fields. What did you make of mm-hmm. this? Yeah, is that, are those the same sources that told him that the Cardinals weren't drafting Kyler Murray and that they didn't hire Cliff Kingsbury to draft Kyler Murray? They they hired him to fix Josh Rosen. Those same sources. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lombardi has that track record of being wrong. Um, and even if that weren't the case, he also is a purveyor of the uh, betting app. And so what you don't want is to have a clear-cut favorite, right? And I hate to give Grant Cohen props, but he talked about this earlier on a show that I saw. Uh, I think he was with Jason Aponte. And they you know, they were talking about, hey, look, after Trey Lance's pro day, it's going to be all about Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is going to move up in the betting odds. That's just how these bets work. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you don't want one guy to be out in front. You're, you're hedging your bet, and that's what all of these guys are doing. Um, it was interesting to see him get so uh angry about it it was really weird to see but you know uh, to me lombardi anybody named lombardi is a little bit off their rocker right now uh so take that for what you will but i don't listen this is a team with no leaks uh so i I take everything with a grain of salt that anybody says right now because i don't think anybody knows outside of the select few kyle and john and whoever else yeah i think that's a really good point is that you know, the first thing, and we've talked about this multiple times, when Kyle and John first came in, basically their number one goal was no leaks. Nobody, no, no information gets out unless basically they want it to get out. We saw, you know, loose loose lips sink ships. That entire yep. situation happened with uh, Jim Harbaugh and Trent Balky, and it was scouts going against scouts, sources, you know, it was chaos, and it was really bad. So I think the 49ers did the right thing when they implemented this new regime that, Look, anything that's happening is staying in-house. Any drama, any good things, and that's been really, really good to see because I I do think that actually is the case in Santa Clara. And I think it's funny. um, I think – I can't remember who exact tweeted it out, but one of our – one of the podcast guys that we follow, he made a good point. He's like, look, the the same people that are saying, you know, we have no idea who they're going to draft are the same people that are saying, but it's not Justin Fields. It's like how could you know – both of these things simultaneously, you can't know that who they're not going to draft, but bet for certain that they're not going to draft Justin Fields. It, it just makes no sense. And I think a lot of it is these guys go on these platforms, these, these TV shows, and they can't basically go on these shows and say, we don't know, like it's their job to know. So I do think that they speculate or they use whatever, you know, the, the, the classic line that I've been seeing the last few, maybe week or two is, a source familiar with someone's thinking. It's like, <laughs> what kind of source is that? You know, it, it's really crazy to see. Yeah. That's one of those things where it's like, Oh, you know, my sources tell me that Kyle Shanahan, he likes to think about getting nachos on a Friday. And it's just like, 
what does that even mean? Um, we've gone through years without this team having leaks, without this team doing anything but put their own narrative out there whenever they feel like they need to put it out there. They've been transparent going back to the possibility of acquiring Tom Brady last offseason uh, to countless other things. And so, again, as I said, nobody saw the trade to number three coming in the way that it did. Right. And it was essentially a three team deal, which means that everybody was kind of in on it. And um so like there there are multiple players there so it could have leaked at some point but it didn't and now after all of that where you have three different teams in on two different trades that greatly affect the nfl draft nobody heard of anything about it but now all of a sudden everybody just goes either they think they know kyle or they're going based off past history or they're just pulling stuff out of you know their backside they they just know i don't think so nobody knows and you know it's one of those things where I'm starting to get a little fatigued by all the speculation. You know, all we can do is base it off of, of our best guess, but anybody proclaiming that they have inside information or are in the know, I just, I don't buy it at all. And I don't blame you. I I, I agree with that. Um, I just think, you know, the, 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 the trade up to three has to be the biggest indication that nobody really knows what's going on inside this front office, inside you know, the four organization, because that's a huge trade with so many ripple effects. You saw other teams trading down after that happened. So the fact that none of these big reporters, Adam Schefter included, were saying, you know, f- from what John Lynch and Kyle Shannon basically said when they came out afterwards, that post press conference they had, excuse me, they were trying to trade for a while, you know, like trade to this, trade to that, trade to this. And three was where they ended up at. So it's yeah. not like it's just they picked up the phone and called the Dolphins and made it within an hour. It had been happening, so right. It's interesting, and yeah, and they had to have the trade in place with the Eagles before they could really, you know, Miami wanted to get back up into the top ten, so you know they they had to shop the San Francisco pick to the Eagles because those trades came out like bang bang, like one after another. So they had both been in the works. Nobody had said anything. Nobody knew. So you know, again, and and you know, recovery. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, but to, Michael Lombardi was really arrogant. And what's going to happen is if they do draft fields and people do start going at him, he's just going to block people and pretend like it didn't happen because that's his MO. And that's all these guys MO. Um, everybody thinks they have the inside information. And when they're wrong, they're, they, they give the, well, things changed. Yeah. You know, it's a BS answer. They're, they're out here peddling BS. It's just, they need a byline. They need a story. They need something that's going to get them clicks because this is their job. Uh, so for me, I, I don't put any stock into it. Um, you know, it's it's been it's been really interesting to see, honestly, to see how quiet Chris Sims has gotten. I haven't heard anything out of Chris Sims lately, um, and I think he knows that he you know shit the bed on the Mac Jones situation. So I think he's just trying to pull back and let other people hang themselves for this whole thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and, and say Drosenfels too, you know, ex Kyle Shanahan. Uh, quarterback and I think he has some relationship with him maybe he works for the QB collective still he basically came out saying look the 49ers aren't taking Mac Jones that's one of the few sources I guess you could say that can legitimately say I know Kyle Shanahan's thinking I think he works with him close enough and he has worked with him close enough to maybe get some sort of insight into how his thought process works to where he could confidently say where it's not complete BS no it's not Mac Jones so that's uh, something. Who's that? Sorry, I missed the name. 
Sage Rosen Rosenfels. Oh, Sage Rosenfels. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, but even that, you know, you got to take with with a grain of salt. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody thinks they know. You know, everybody looks at the connection between uh, Beck and him coaching up fields for the pro day um, and the 49ers. But then again, he's also coaching up Lance. So yeah. we don't know. I don't think anybody really knows. And uh, we got 11 days and pick one and two are going to go by really, really slow. Uh, when it gets to our pick, the clock's going to tick down and we're all going to sit there and the night could go one of two ways, really. Um, I think if it's Lance or Fields, I think the fan base, for the most part, will be okay with that, whichever way they go. If it's Mac Jones... Holy crap! I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have to put my head down, maybe toss back some some alcohol, get on Twitter, and just watch the world burn because nobody's gonna be happy with Mac Jones. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't see it though. There's been too many too much weird stuff coming out. You know, he's got those weird, weird, weird tweets from when he was like a teenager. Um, I don't have to get into the specifics of those tweets, but they're really weird. Um, and then he's he's got the DUI. So if you're looking at like character guy, this and this and that, you know, people took apart Justin Fields. Oh, he's you know that whole Dan Orlovsky thing where he was getting that information. Oh, he's the he's the last guy in, first one out, or whatever, making it a character concern, right? And, and you know, Trevor Lawrence gets a pass for saying, "Hey, football doesn't define me, and I can walk away from it, and it's not a big deal." They go after Justin Fields, you know, but the tr- Trevor Lawrence gets a pass because he's been number one forever. Mac Jones gets a pass. Who knows what? Well, maybe we know why, but you know, it's one of those things. Why aren't you looking at Mac Jones' character? Justin Fields has never done anything wrong off the field. No. no. So it really does seem like it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, Luke Walsh is here. NFL has asked top two teams in the draft previously not to reveal their picks for better ratings. Maybe the media is just drumming this up for better ratings. It seems like a lot of these, and and with all due respect, I'm going to say BS articles are coming out of ESPN journalists that are trying to drum things up and trying yeah. to get some you know some clicks going and trying to get people to tune in. But I just I, it's really really hard to decipher what's real and what's not real. I mean, they say basically from what like February through April, don't believe anything you read about any of these draft prospects if you can't vet it. Especially ESPN. I mean, ESPN has been SHIT with their reporting. So I don't, they used to be, again, you know, the whole worldwide leader in sports. That hasn't been true for a while. Um, I don't respect, I don't think there's anybody that I really truly respect over at ESPN, maybe Lewis Riddick. But even then, you know, there, there was a time period there where he got passed over for the Niners GM job. Remember, he was up for it. And he kind of turned anti Niners for a while. But a lot of the guys over at ESPN, like, just just horrendous just terrible reporting not and not even journalism it's just speculative everything is an opinion piece and that becomes a problem um mel kuyper should have retired a long time ago i don't understand how todd mcshay has a job you know outside of game day and even then you know corso's getting up there but outside of game day everything else there is trash it's just not good yeah um this comment here, media bias, who is pushing agendas. I don't necessarily think anybody's pushing agendas or they're biased in one way or another. I just think they know a lot of it. If it, a lot of it, excuse me, isn't necessarily true. Um, and they're just getting it out there for ratings, clicks, whatever exactly it may be. Right. And they just, you know, they don't really have these sources that they're claiming 
I just think they're yeah. I think the 49ers keep everything close to the vest, and they let everybody speculate. Um, there's a couple times where it's like, is this a trap for somebody they think might be leaking somebody? But you know, it, it's it's hard to tell. So yeah, yeah, and I agree with Tony. Trey Lance is going to be the favorite by 4 p.m. Everybody's going to watch it. Everybody's going to love. He's going to have a wow throw, and everybody's going to be like, oh my god, Trey Lance, he's the best. Yep. It's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. While we're on the topic of Trey Lance, um, yeah. there was a report that came out within the last day or so basically saying that the 49ers have basically made a decision, but depending on how Trey Lance performs at his pro day, that could swing the pendulum in Trey Lance's favor. How much stock do you put in that? Do you believe that at all? No. Me either. No. I think they have a really good idea of what they're going to do, and they're really they're going through – a pro day, if you're leaning on a pro day to tell you whether or not to draft somebody, you're not doing a good job. Tape trumps everything. I'm sure they're looking at the tapes. Um, I know they want to talk to these guys and see if they're coachable just in case. Like, you know, it's no sure thing that Zach Wilson's going to be there, you know, going to the Jets at two. There's a possibility that Justin Fields could go too. It's, it's an outside chance, but it is. And if not, if they decide for whatever reason that they like, Trey Lance more than Zach Wilson, then you want to know if the kid's coachable or not, right? Like you got to go up and talk to him or whatever. I, you know, it's they, I, this is just hedging. This is just finding out if there's an obvious red flag. You go to a pro day, you talk to a prospect, you run them through some stuff. Um, you know, ahead of time, Beck is setting up the, the workouts that that Shanahan wants to see. You have time to perform it. Do you perform it well or do you forget stuff? You know, that that's the type of stuff that becomes important at a pro day. But going into it, they have it's like a 95%. It's already done. So the only thing that I think this pro day can really do is disqualify somebody, right? If if Lance doesn't do something the way that Shanahan wants him to do it, that could disqualify him from being the selection. Um, in case, you know, Fields goes too, right? They're trying to decide between Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, and they really have them graded almost the same. If Trey Lance doesn't perform at the pro day the way that they want to, that could nudge them in Zach Wilson's direction. Or if he does better, then he could definitely you know, push himself above Zach Wilson. It just depends on how they sit on their board, and every team is going to have them ranked differently. Um, so that's really what it's going to depend on. But as of informing them of their actual pick, I don't think so. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, you're giving up all this capital. You basically have a solid idea of what you think can happen, one and two. I don't think something as you know fickle as a pro day could be like, oh, you know what, never mind, scratch all of that, we're going with this guy. I don't see that. I think these things are a little more set in stone. Um, obviously, like you said, if, if the Jets end up taking Justin Fields at two, then maybe that changes their plans a bit. But I do think they have basically – plans one two and three and i don't think yeah. a, pro, a pro day changes those plans yeah. at all uh, hm tar i think i mean most teams look like they've cleared zach wilson's shoulder so i don't know that it's much of a concern at this point it looks like he's healed up from that so uh, melissa has some questions uh the first one i believe i know you're big on creed humphrey she said mm -hmm. would either you want creed at 43 i've seen my receiver running back DB, D-line, everything but O-line. I'd rather them take the earlier interior offensive lineman to shore up the offensive line. So the tackle spots are kind of set. Alex Mack, you expect to be at the center spot. Guards could use a little brushing up because if you're going to draft that rookie quarterback and we know we can't count on Jimmy Garoppolo to necessarily stay healthy, um, and even just for the sake of Jimmy G's health or if the rookie gets in there, 
having that offensive line shorn up as much as possible is only going to benefit. Um, you can find why this is a deep wide receiver draft. It's a deep DB draft. I think I saw something on PFF where it's like there's 17 wide receivers ranked in the top 100. There's 16 DBs ranked in the top 100. So it's a deep draft for both of those. Interior offensive line isn't quite as deep. Uh, edge definitely isn't as deep. So I think second round is either going to be interior offensive line or edge. Um, and then you're going to get your DB or your wide receiver in rounds three and four. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked at Creed Humphrey as much as you have, Matt. I know you're really high on him though. So I look, if you're going to get them, yeah, get them while, while they're, you know, the talent's still there before it takes a pretty steep drop off. Um, and then there was another question in here from RJ. If for some reason the Niners draft Kyle Pitts, would you want them to draft a quarterback in round? Not two? gonna happen. Move on. Not gonna happen. Move on. Not <laughs> yeah, they, they've all but Move confirmed on. it's a quarterback. If you give up three first round picks for a goddamn tight end when you have George Kittle on your roster, you should be fired immediately. Move on. Yep, I agree. They, I mean, and Kyle Shanahan basically said, I mean, he kind of let the cat out of the bag. Uh, you know, said when you bring in a starting quarterback, uh, I mean, a rookie quarterback. But I will say this, RJ, sick yard goats logo. I like it. That's cool. Minor league baseball team. <laughs> uh, going through some more of these comments. Uh, there, there was, I don't know if you happen to catch uh, QB21 with Kirk Hebstreet, Herb Street. I haven't, no. I was able to record it last night. I watched it yeah, this morning. Link it, link it for me if you find a video. So I can, okay. I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, they were talking to, they interviewed Justin Fields, right? Yeah. This episode was with Justin Fields yeah. and it was really interesting because he, he seems like such a great, great young guy, but he was, ba they were basically asking him, what do you hear and how does that motivate you? How does that affect you? And he basically said, look, I hear all of the knocks on me. Uh, I don't work hard enough. I'm lazy. Uh, basically, you know, all these things. And he, he, he said that not only does he take it personally, but he almost takes it more personally and it's more offensive to him than if somebody just says oh he doesn't have a strong arm uh he's not a great you know great reading defenses he says the fact that you're questioning my work ethic it's just gonna make me work 10 times harder um yeah. i really can't I, I just knowing everything that i know about justin fields and, and what i've seen from him i can't imagine that he's not an extremely you know hard-working athlete who strives to be the best yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a guy that was elite 11. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Um, you know, he starts as, I think he was a redshirt freshman at Ohio State, throws 41 touchdowns, six picks. Um, he comes back his sophomore year during the, during the pandemic. Not quite as impressive, but he's been that good for so long. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's nitpicking season and you're just going to kind of pick him apart. Um, I understand that Lance is like the, the, the high potential guy. He's also got the biggest risk. Um, and I think that, you know, if you swing and miss on a Trey Lance, if Trey Lance doesn't turn out the way you think he's going to turn out, that can be huge. I think that that Justin Fields is the perfect mix. He's the perfect intermediary between Mac Jones' high floor and Trey Lance's high ceiling. So you get the higher floor with Justin Fields than you do with Trey Lance. And we don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, Potential is such a hard thing to gauge. Um, and as everybody in here probably already knows, I'm a baseball fan. How many first round picks in baseball don't work out? Because, you know, you have potential and then if, for whatever reason, they just don't develop the way you expect them to. It happens in the NFL too. 40% hit rate on first round quarterbacks. They don't all, potential can kind of be a fickle thing. So 
Um, yes, maybe you're sacrificing a little bit of ceiling, but I think at this point I've kind of talked myself into wanting Justin Fields just because I don't think, like, at his worst, at his worst, he's going to be, like, a Dak Prescott-level quarterback who can get you to the playoffs, but it's going to be hard to win the whole thing. But you're never going to call him just an abject bust. Um, but I think at his best, I mean, we're talking top 10 talent. So, I mean, you you take that if, if you can get it. Um, you know, again, I come back to the small school. Like, why did Trey Lance go to a small school to begin with? Um, and then, you know, 17 starts at, at a, you know, what FCS is, is FCS schools, the smaller division, whatever that it used to be division one, division two, and they made it all confusing. It's essentially a division two school, right? So again, not playing with talent, not playing against talent. He did dominate to his credit. He looked like the best player on the field every time he stepped out there, but you just don't know jumping, taking a year off and jumping from a division two school to the NFL. I'm that's going to be an eye opening experience from him. And Again, without the offseason to really combine, to really get into it, how do we know that that's not going to mentally bother him or, you know, how he deals with adversity? And this isn't a knock because I absolutely don't know, but it has to be a question without those evals. And I said it earlier this year, teams, there's going to be a higher than normal miss rate on this draft. And it's not going to be because teams, you know, didn't do their work in terms of studying tape. But you need to get a sense for these players mentally and their processing and how they go about their business and things like that. And I think that's really hard to do when it's over a virtual meeting rather than being in the room. You know, over Zoom, it's like, okay, I can see like right on now on this stream, you can see from, you know, my chest up or whatever. But you can't see if I'm bouncing my knee or if I get nervous at something or if I'm fidgeting or doing all that stuff. And those can give you little insights into how a player thinks. So. I definitely think that this is going to be a higher, higher than normal miss rate. So maybe Justin Fields is a smarter play at that point. Yes, you sacrifice high side, but you also get the higher floor to go with it. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, all of these teams, you know, it's all virtual now because of COVID, because of all these safety precautions. Uh, we got another super chat from the cover. He's saying, I have a feeling they're taking Lance. He has the potential to be the best quarterback of this class. Sounds like what you would give two first rounders for. Uh, so does a so does a high school five star recruit that that started two years for a Big Ten school and had them in a national championship game. I yeah I mean I think it's Justin Fields, but I can also see the argument for Trey Lance. But I, I just think day one Justin Fields is the clear better. Uh, yeah, well I'll just say this. Listen, potential might lean Trey Lance. Resume leans Justin Fields all day. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to Leroy David. He sent us these posters. He designed them for NBC Sports. He sent me one there for the playoff Sick. edition. Yeah, he sent me some for you too, Matt. So I got to forward them nice. over to you. Yeah, yeah. Offense and defense. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. That was awesome. Um, another question here: Chances the Niners move? Uh, excuse me, drop back from forty-three versus a chance they move up. 50-50, but I think they're going to make more moves. They have the draft capital to kind of play around. Um, they're not going to be afraid. There's Listen, there's really few holes on this team at this point. Once they take the quarterback, you're really set, and you're building for depth, and it's BPA. So, listen, like you got to you really – whatever guy they want, they're going to move up to get. They might overextend a little bit, or they might you know sit back and wait on a guy, but 
they're definitely going to make moves. I think day two, day three, they're going to be really, really busy, um, especially day two. And there's no guarantee that they don't actually trade back up in the first round if they find somebody that they really like and they want to go get. They've done it twice before. So with them, they're definitely busy. They're always on the phones. I think um, since Kyle and John have been here, they've been one of the busiest teams in terms of draft trades right up there with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. So, yeah, Chris Blair says, Kyle also said in the press conference he's looking for a top 10 or top 5 guy in this league. Mac will never be that. I don't hear that get brought up. It's absolutely true, though. You're not trading. And, you know, I think we've been on this the whole time. Even when the talking heads, the Chris Sims, the the Michael Lombardis, all these people were coming out saying the Mac Jones at three. That's what I'm hearing. He's a Kyle guy. And it's just like he doesn't look like he's a star. He looks like he'd be a... He looks like he'd be a transitional starter, right? The way the same way you look at like a Teddy Bridgewater or an Andy Dalton or something like that, right? A guy where you're, yeah, okay, you can have a long career in this league. You can have a 10 to 15 year career in this league, but you're going to be in and out of jobs. You're, you know, at the end of your career, you'll have played on eight teams. You'll have started 50 games in, in 10 years. You know, one of those things where it's just like not super impressive. And, yeah. and that's just the vibe I get from Mac Jones. So, you know, I do, I do think that if he's there for the Patriots at 15, though, they'll take him and they'll make something out of him. I just don't think that, you know, I've heard the Tom Brady stuff and I'm just like, listen, yeah, uh, I heard Joy Taylor say this on Colin Cowherd. Can we just stop comparing people to Tom Brady? And I absolutely agree. Tom Brady is the ultimate outlier. OK, um, she said in the NBA, we don't compare anybody to Michael Jordan coming out of college. So let's not do it with Tom Brady. And I agree. Shouldn't do that. We don't. Listen, I've never heard a oh, he's a Joe Montana quarterback. Like, you don't hear that, right? So no. why are we doing, you know, oh, he's a Steve Young. We don't hear that. So why are we doing it with Tom Brady? It's it's patently ridiculous. It makes no sense. And, and not only that, but it's like, talk about tempering expectations a little bit. You know, like this kid might go top 10, you know, at the very craziest top five, but you're automatically putting a Tom Brady expectation level on him, like, Let's relax a little bit. He's a rookie quarterback, completely yeah. different era than when Tom Brady came into the league. I just I, – no way. Um, Ryan Johnson says, thanks, Matt. Wrapping the Niners from Connecticut. Thanks for tuning in, Ryan. We appreciate you. That's right. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Got, got to wear a nice suit every show. Uh, Joe, I've seen the show on Trey Lance on the big schools offered him, wanted him to play wide receiver or safety, but he wanted to play quarterback. Interesting. Yeah. That happens. Uh, Matt, did you recently see that the 49ers released a statement through the NFLPA basically saying that uh, uh, I think the majority of them are going to be skipping the OTAs? All the teams are going to do that. Yeah, I, I figured. They, they figured out. They figured out, oh, we don't have to do OTAs. And there wasn't a huge increase in, in injuries league-wide or a drop-off in football. Okay, we're going to do that. That's just – that's that's the NFLPA and the vets being like, I don't want to go to minicamp. <laughs> Let's not go to minicamp. I just wish they'd come out and say it instead of blaming it on the pandemic because yeah. you went through, you played an entire season with the pandemic last year. So you know what the protocols are. You know what the league's doing to keep everybody safe. You know, vaccinations are where they're at. I think it's 50% of adults have at least had one dose. So you're talking about cases, you know, are not as high as they were during the season, you know, during the winter months last year. So I don't really want to, you know, I don't really believe it's about the pandemic. I think it's more about not wanting to show up to OTAs, which is fine, but just say so. 
Yeah, I think the part of that that statement they released uh, cracked me up was, uh, which was which is what we negotiated in the last CBA. It's like, so you have the right to do it. Why do you need to put out this giant statement? Just don't do it. You know, don't right. show it. You're fine. Uh, yeah. yeah, the okay. pandemic, right? Yeah, the pandemic right now is not what it was last season when the season was yeah. about to start. Yep, We're, we've come so far in terms of both treatment, both knowing what the virus is vaccinations, all that stuff that, you know, the NFL has a year under their belt. So they have experience. They can run a tighter ship this year. So, yeah, to me, that doesn't play. And I I think it's funny that they put that in there. And I know why they're doing it. So that public facing forward, they can be like, look, we care about this and this and that. Really, it's just players being like, I don't want to show up in June for a mini camp that, you know, in shorts and and hats that I, I don't really care about or whatever. So. Yeah. I think that's really what it is because I guarantee you if some of these players needed, you know, team facilities for rehab and stuff like that, all those players are going to show up at the facility for sure. They'll yeah. be there for medical treatment. They just don't want to practice. It reminds me of uh, before Trent Williams, the contract extension was announced. He was on an Instagram live with Debo and uh, he was asking him, you know, he's asking Trent, where are you at? Trent's like, oh, I'm in San Jose. Where are you at? And I think Debo said Florida, either Florida or South Carolina. I forget which one. And he's like, oh, you're not in the Bay Area? He's like, hell no, I'm not going back there anytime soon, man. And and Trent Williams kind of took it out like, yo, man, you know the fans love me. He's like, no, 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 it's just that's work to me, you know? <laughs> that's work to me, thinking of San Jose, thinking of Santa Clara. And if I don't have to be there, I'm not going to be there. That does make me worry, though. You think? Well, you have. I've seen, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the videos of Debo. It looks like he's working out. But when you came in pudgy in that game and immediately got hurt again, then you say, oh, that's work to me. Yeah, dude, that's your job. That should be work to you. Your your job is to be in shape to play football. Yeah, he'll learn. Is. He'll learn. He's still young, so something to keep an eye on for sure. Definitely. Uh, Michael Rizzo says, "No one knew we were trading up. All of a sudden, they think we they think they know who we're taking." Talking to you, Mike Lombardi. Yep. 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 Uh, Antonio just plays. QB's coming out of college. Need two or three years playing experience before transitioning to NFL. Not many come out with one year experience. Have been successful. Disagree. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow before he got hurt was playing well. Baker Mayfield played well his rookie year and set the touchdown record. You can come out and be successful. I think like, he means one year college experience, but I could I could be wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reading that incorrectly. QB's coming out of college, so college is done with, right? Because every QB comes out of college. Need two or three years of playing experience before trans. I mean, maybe if that's what he's saying, then definitely that that's fine. But uh, but then that would eliminate Trey Lance and Mac Jones right off the bat because each of them only has seventeen starts. Yeah. Do you think Pitts is way too overhyped? Um, I think he's a fantastic tight end prospect and one of the best tight end prospects that we've ever seen. But at the end of the day, he's a tight end prospect. So positional positional uh you know that sort of thing still matters oh melissa melissa put this in the chat that's the other dumb thing that lombardi said um he said you would be an idiot to draft dk metcalf over Enkeel harry yeah i would still take deep over Enkeel harry Enkeel harry's a bust it's yeah i'm not yeah i mean lombardi man lombardi's yeah Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Yep. Uh, the only one I've been able to watch is Eisen, who is a Jet fan as a New Jersey faithful. Never thought I'd pick New York Jets 
over the other. Eisen's great. I love Eisen's coverage. I like Rich Eisen. And Rich yeah. Eisen, when he talks about the Jets, he'll he'll straight up say, hey, I'm not objective about the Jets, man. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, that's a that's a hard life. That's a hard life being a oh, Jets yeah. fan. Yep. Uh, if the Niners miss on this pick, who is on the chopping block? Kyle, Lynch, or both? Lynch is going to get the axe first if anybody does. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely, he's going to get the axe first. Kyle was brought in specifically, and he was like, all right, you can have Lynch be the GM. But Kyle absolutely is making this pick, but he will deflect to John Lynch taking the blame if it doesn't go well. And not only that, I mean, his replacement's already in-house and Adam Peters. Yeah. That's the vets not wanting to lose their jobs to the rooks. That's the vets with old bodies and mileage not wanting to get up and just do conditioning drills. <laughs> Nobody loses their job in June, fellas. I would be worried if Sims was pushing fields to the 49ers. Remember what Shanahan said? If he was to tell Sims, he wouldn't be able to talk about it. The fact that he's pushing Mac Jones is good. Well, Sims wouldn't be able to say – Sims can talk about whatever he wants. He just wouldn't be able to say, Kyle told me that and then put it out there. Sims can say, in my opinion, and if that aligns with whatever. But I think, if anything, if, if Sims is really that buddy-buddy with Kyle, I think that Sims would try to avoid putting Kyle's business out there if he actually had information, which makes the Jones stuff a little silly. But I think it was telling during that press conference when they asked him about Chris Sims where uh, – Shanahan jokingly said, I tell him everything and then just laughed and just moved on. Yeah. Um, do you remember, I think it was last season when he basically said that he left Brandon Ayuk out of mock drafts because Kyle asked him to, do you think that's true? Or do you think Sims is just trying to look like he didn't miss on Ayuk? I, I don't know. I, uh, it's hard to tell, but I think that, Sims probably had Ayuk ranked low in his draft board, which means that he's probably just making up for for lost time. Yeah, I think Listen, that's more Chris, likely. Chris Sims was a bad quarterback, and he's not that great as a prognosticator. So take that no. for what you will. Uh, the recovery. What do you think of guys? Or what do you guys think about Lance running a more pro style offense and the other quarterbacks? I feel like Kyle would like that. Yeah, you like that, but that's something that you can you can teach. It's not like Fields was never under center. Um, yeah, it's really it's just the one that doesn't make sense is Mac Jones because Mac Jones was almost never under center. He was under center in goal line formation. Everything else was out of the pistol or the shotgun. So that's stuff you can teach. The thing that Kyle really cares about is can you diagnose the defense, progress through your reads, and get the ball where you need to go. Now, early on, there was a thing about Justin Fields not being able to make it through his reads, um, and that was pr proven demonstrably false, that he threw to his first yeah. read all the time. Actually, Mac Jones throws to his first read more than than Justin Fields does. My issue with, with Justin Fields, and this, I don't know if it's coaching or what, but pre-snap was my issue with him, that he had a hard time diagnosing blitzes or, you know, if he just... You know, but then I've also heard that people say, you know, at Ohio State, it's just go out there and run the play. It's not, hey, you have the room to audible at the line or do this and this and that. No, Ryan Day calls the play. You or Shane Day, Shane Day, I don't, whoever, Coach, Coach Ryan. Day, whoever it is. That's listen. This is the play. You go out there and you run it, and that's it. So um, the fact that they had such a downfield offense too, I think, was 
another reason where it's like, hey, it, it's another indication that he couldn't change it up. Because if you're looking at zero blitz, right, and you're still running like vertical concepts against zero blitz, that makes no sense. You'd want to shorten that field up and get the ball out as quickly as possible. Maybe run a screen concept or something else. But they didn't do a lot of that. So a lot of that was downfield. That's why Justin Fields was also hammered on his time to throw, which was longer than the other people. But the plays took longer to develop because they're taking more deep shots. Uh, but Fields has extreme accuracy, great ball placement, and he's got a really good arm. So to me, uh, you know, the the fact that Lance, yes, was in a more pro-style offense, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's better suited for San Francisco's offense because taking snaps under center is something that can be taught. And I think that's why we saw um, – Justin Fields switch his back foot during the second pro day. And someone pointed this out on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but after, uh, before Kyle Shanahan got to Atlanta, Matt Ryan was a left foot, uh, was a left foot back guy. After Kyle got there and left, Matt Ryan's been right foot back ever since. So you can be taught those things. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Justin Fields too, going back to, him, you know, going through his progressions. I was watching, I forget which, which draft break breakdown show, either ESPN or NFL network. And they're basically saying like, you know, out of all these rookie quarterbacks, Justin Fields is the most who can be his, you know, third or fourth read and still bomb it 40 yards down the field. Uh, you know, usually that's your first or second read. He He's able to have these explosive plays, even if they're not, you know, first or second on his progression. So, and, and the ball placement is really phenomenal. Some of the throws this kid makes is, mm-hmm. you know, that would be much needed in this offense where Jimmy, those balls just sail on him or completely, you know, go left or right five yards on where the yeah. intended target is. So, yeah, it, it would be interesting. Uh, why do you think Sims talks good about every quarterback coming out but Fields? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't I'm trying to think is he has he I don't presume to know I think I think he has fields ranked like really low so his his quarterback rankings is if I'm recalling correctly is Wilson one Lawrence two Mac Jones three Trey Lance four Justin Fields five yeah oh no I'm sorry uh yeah I think that's sorry I was I was thinking about uh JT O'Sullivan who I think has Kellen Mond ranked over Justin Fields. Wow. Which is fucking crazy. D- don't quote me on that. He has a video where he ranked all the quarterback, but I'm pretty sure he has Kellen Mond five and Justin Fields six. He, I, I saw the one he did for April Fool's Day. I know he, he has put an Luke, actual one out. Luke, Luke Walsh is in the chat saying he has Kellen Mond three. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, by the way, JTO Sullivan also severely underranked Justin Herbert last year. So he was wrong on that too. So take that with a grain yeah. of salt. I, I, I appreciate J- JT O'Sullivan's analysis and I think he's a really good. He's good at breaking know, down individual plays. Yes, but I think, yes. I think, I think he sometimes misses the forest while he's staring at the trees. Exactly. And, and you know, him Sims, they may not be able to evaluate talent. They could probably tell you what that every single thing is on tape and Who's trying to do what? But so the JTO Sullivan ranking, he's uh, they're saying it's an April Fool's joke. Oh, thank God, dude. Yeah, I saw so, okay, he put wait, it up wait. April Fools. So okay, so he put it up on April Fools, and I was watching it, but it wasn't indicated that was an April Fool's joke. And like 
if it, that's on his that's on his analysis channel with no follow up video or anything, I think that was real. Because at first I thought it was an April Fool's joke too, but he didn't follow it up with anything. He just left it out there in the ether. And if your job is to analyze these quarterbacks, or your YouTube channel is built around analyzing these quarterbacks, and you don't put a follow up video saying, "Hey, that was an April Fool's," like it's e- okay, it's easy to say he was making fun of Sims, yeah. but if you don't say it, then it's just sitting there on your channel. And without context, does he? Okay, okay. If he does, then then I apologize. That's that's my. I didn't I didn't see a video of him talking about it. If he's making fun of Sims, then then I'll wipe my brow and be like, because <laughs> that was crazy. I what saw, I watched was crazy. Thanks, Maria. I appreciate the the yeah. correction. I saw uh, Crocker, our guy Crocker, tweeted it out, and he he thought it was for real too. And and people were like, dude, consider the day. This this isn't true at all. And I, that's when I saw it. I was like, oh, wow, he has him this high. But I never saw, like you said, any, any follow-up. What's yeah. up, Matt? Oh, by the way, is it is it Miria or is it Mariah? I don't want to kill your name. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> Maybe Mariah. Uh, let's see. Niner Joe says, do you think corner is our biggest need? And do you think they will draft a strong safety in this draft? They have yet to draft that position. They need to draft safety for sure. Um, there's some there's some depth issues there and they will 100 percent um i i would bet money that they address the corner at some point um if more so for depth than anything else because they were able to bring back most of their guys so they were able to bring back mosley they were able to bring back ferret um you know so okay mariah like mariah carey okay pardon cool. me for pronouncing your name thank you for the clarification once again Mariah's just killing me right now. She's like, <laughs> I know everything. You don't know anything. Yeah. Um, all right. Last time I did this, my power went out in the entire block due to an accident. Oh, run the ad, Zach. I have four days left to get your guys' first-round mock-in. Send them to us via email, DM, however you want to get them over to us. I'm going to play the clip right now. Do you think you could be an NFL general manager? How well do you know the NFL draft? Submit your picks to 49ers Hive, and if you get one correct, you could win some new gear. More details to follow. Must be following 49ers Hive to enter. So, yeah, send them in. Uh, You can email them. I will put my email on the screen right now. It is Zach at 49ershive.com. If you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, um, DM them, however you want to get them over. But yeah, whoever. So the way we're going to do this is whoever has the most amount of uh, picks correctly, whoever gets them correctly is going to win an autographed jersey. Second most will win a jersey. Third most will win a 49ers Hive hoodie. Fourth most, a 49ers Hive t-shirt. And fifth most, a 49ers Hive mug. And if there are any ties, we're just going to do random draws basically. So Good luck, everybody. It'll be fun. Wish I could win some merch. We're having one. We're ha- I told oh, are we? You. Yeah, we're doing one just us. Did we, did we set that up? We set Nobody sent me anything yet. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sm- wait. So if I if I'm the only one that sends you anything, do I win everything? <laughs> no, just just the top prize. Okay. What's the wait? What's the top prize for us? It's still an autographed jersey. Same 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 prices. Oh, yeah. Don't put it back yeah. in the chat, dude. I'll just be the only one. 
All right. Inside baseball, this thing. I said They're all watching right now anyway. I said it. I tagged everybody in it. It's it's their fault if they didn't. Nobody sent it in. They didn't do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, send it over. Zach at 49ershive.com. Um, let's see. Last week, I wanted to ask you before my yes. power went out rudely yes. enough, the Julian Edelman debate. Hall of He's Famer. not a Hall of Famer. Hell no. What get out of here. Do you, I agree with you, but I want to get your, your interpretation of what a Hall of Famer is. Uh, it's somebody that has better statistics than Julian Edelman. <laughs> and listen and people will point out oh he has so many playoff yards oh he has this and this and that he's got whatever whatever right listen when tom brady carries you in a weak afc east to like 20 straight division championships dude like come on you get more opportunity you mean to tell me calvin johnson who i think had one playoff game and andre johnson aren't as good as julian edelman that edelman's a hall of famer like come on man so Listen, until Torrey Holt gets into the NFL Hall of Fame, Julian Edelman can't get it. Until Wes Welker gets into the Hall of Fame, Julian Edelman can't. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I look, I had, I saw this and it was, I think Matt Miller kind of was the first I saw it of. And I was kind of cracking up because I'm like, he was basically saying there's no way he's not a Hall of Famer. And I'm like, I don't understand how you see Julian Edelman's career and say, yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't think once he even led the Patriots in receiving yards. Um, it, it's just, it's astonishing to me. And then Hall of Famer for me is somebody basically who drastically impacts the game when they are not there. Um, I think this next season, nobody's going to be like, man, you know, it's just like when Peyton left or, you know, it's like, no, it, it's, that's not to me. And, and to me being a huge 49ers fan, Patrick Willis, I will admit, is a borderline Hall of Famer. I mean, he, the, the, his only knock is the well, time of his career, the duration. Yeah, but of his here's career. the thing, though. Here's the thing. Unlike Julian Edelman, Patrick Willis was widely regarded as one of, if not the best, the best at his yeah. position for his yep. entire career. No, Julian Edelman has never been a top five, top ten, top fifty, well, maybe top fifty, but not top twenty wide receiver in the NFL. He's never been that. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and, and do you think too that? If you were to have moved Julian Edelman to a different team, there's no way he has a career he has no. if he's not playing with Tom Brady. Well, th- the regular season career automatically disqualifies him. We're talking about he has the second most receptions and yards in the playoffs behind Jerry Rice. Yeah, but he's also had so so many more games than most other people too. So it's not like he's absolutely lighting it up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Melissa, good shot with the Roger Craig, the first ever 1,000-1,000 guy. Yep. And just like he's not going to get in, but yeah. No. You know what this reminded me of? It reminds me of when ESPN tweets out those stupid ass tweets where it's like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is the first player to average nine rebounds on a Tuesday while eating a, you know, a Subway sandwich. It's like you put all of these qualifying metrics in there and then he's the only one. They pay people to make up stats like that. And it's just like, if you listen, if you're doing playoff receptions and yards to get him in, you're only doing single factor analysis and you're not you're not coming close to determining what actually makes a Hall of Famer. I mean, how how long did, you know, some of these players have to wait to get in? You know? Yeah. Again, Tory Holt, 13,000 career receiving yards, and you're telling me that Julian Edelman's Hall of Famer was 6600 in the regular season? Get out of here. No. I said this on Twitter to a guy who's like Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer. 
Michael Jordan's media lackey, Ahmad Rashad, who played for the Minnesota Vikings, has more career reception uh, receiving yards in the NFL than Julian Edelman does. But he's a Hall of Famer. Really? No way. No way. Um, and, and you know who who I would put in the Hall of Fame before Julian Edelman? Roddy White. I think Roddy yep. White deserves to be in before. Um, you mentioned Wes Welker. He definitely deserves to be in there before him. Um, maybe eventually, but by that time, you know, I don't know. I I, I just really almost <laughs> says Kurt Warner had to wind his way into the hall. Yeah, I think he deserves to be there. Hell of a story. Hell of a, a back end of his career. But yeah, he did kind of wind his way in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joseph said Willis was an absolute stud and should be a no doubt Hall of Famer. Like I said, the only thing going against him is, is the length yeah, of his career. But the precedent has been set by Terrell Davis getting into the Hall of Fame. That's true. Terrell Davis was one of the best in his position, but he got hurt, and so his time was short. Yeah. Willis dealt with that foot issue essentially for his entire career, and he was still one of the. He had that foot issue coming out of Ole Miss, and it just hounded him his entire career. And he had nine years of being one of the best, if not the best, middle linebackers in the NFL over that time. It was like him and Erlacher, like one and one A, essentially as middle linebackers over over that course of time. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, this this like uh, I had this conversation with somebody who was like. Alvin Kamara is a better back than Christian McCaffrey. And I'm like, Alvin Kamara's never topped a thousand yards. Christian McCaffrey was a thousand thousand guy, and he had a hundred catches back to back years in one thousand yard rushing seasons. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah. I guess Kamara's a little flashy, maybe. I mean, I don't really understand that argument in the slightest. I don't Christian get it. McCaffrey is extremely talented. It's because you know why? It's because the Saints are good and they're on TV more than the Panthers yeah. are. That you yeah. don't really get the the breadth. I mean, Kamara can look good catching passes out of the backfield with Drew Brees as his quarterback, or you can be Christian McCaffrey who has Cam Newton skipping balls to you in the flat. Like you know, yeah, it's gonna be rough. Um, yeah, I you know I saw when I was putting those together for this outline. I saw Patrick Willis and it, it just totally took me back. The article that came up was his retirement article. And basically in there, he was saying, you know, how he was, he hated how, how he had to cut his career short, but the, his feet, I think the quote he literally said was my feet carried me into the NFL and my feet are carrying me out of the NFL. And he basically ended it by saying, I'm just so happy I could pass the torch to somebody as, as great as my brother, Navarro Bowman. And man, it just sucks how both of them, flamed yeah. out with the Niners you know one retired yeah. and the other one I yeah phone. yeah I definitely towards the end there at the end of his Niners career I had a huge issue with the way Navarro Bowman went out he kind of went out like a punk he was not willing to the take way that he role. left the way that he left the team he kind of went out like a punk and and I love Navarro Bowman but it, it was you got to understand where you're at in your career it, yeah, and in my opinion, in my opinion, Navarro Bowman would not have been. Navarro Bowman has Scottie Pippen syndrome, right? Navarro Bowman would not have been as good a player if he didn't play next to Patrick Willis. Just like Scottie Pippen would not have been a top fifty NBA player if he didn't have Michael Jordan. That's just how it is. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, Alyssa, how ESPN can put Zeke and Saquon over Christian McCaffrey is one hundred percent garbage. <laughs> Saquon hasn't done anything. 
Saquon had a decent rookie year and then got hurt his second year. So to me, Saquon is not even a, a factor right now. Saquon passes like the eye candy test. Like if he's oh, like he looks like a running back should look. Everybody's like, oh, look at those, look at those legs, man. He can turn those legs, this and this and that. But until again, production is key. If you're not producing, though, it doesn't matter what. Jadavian Clowney, not a yep. producer, not a producer. He's still a a name, but. Can anybody honestly look back at Jadavian Clowney's career and categorize him anything other than a disappointment as a number one overall pick? No. No. Um, and, and as far as Zeke, he's balled out when he had the best offensive line in football. Mm-hmm. Hasn't done much since since that line's fallen off in Dallas. Yeah. Ty Anderson says, Willis and Bowman to Warner and Greenlaw. We've been spoiled with some linebacker studs. The 49ers are able to draft some, some good mm-hmm. linebacker duos. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Definitely. Uh, the funny thing about the 17 game season, uh, 17 season, he ended up on a worst record team with the team Raiders with over us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he just wanted to not relocate his family. And, and well, move. he kind of punked out. He, he kind of quit on the team. And he I did. know a lot of people, a lot of people were upset at him for that. Yeah. Myself included. And rightfully yeah. so. I mean, I mean, people on the team were upset with him. Over oh, that. oh, okay. Yeah. They were yeah, like, yeah. Hey dude, you're a leader and you're, you're going out yeah. like this. Like I know, I think Joe Staley was one of the guys that was pissed off about that because it just didn't reflect yeah. the leadership role that Bowman had. So, and if I remember correctly, that was like right after we drafted Ruben Foster and they're basically wanting Bowman to take him under his wing, not only on and but off the field as well. And, and Bowman basically said, you know, no, I'm not, I'm nobody's coach. I, I shouldn't have to do that. Nobody's coming for my job. And it's like, man, if that if that's how you're going to be, knowing you're on the back end of your career, you could really help out a young guy who obviously has some mental issues he's, he's working through. It, I mean, who knows what that situation, how it would have played out, not putting it all into Bar Bowman at all, but maybe he could have helped a, a little more than he did because he, he was shipped out at his own request. So it is what it is. He still had a great time with the 49ers. But it's just sad how it ended. Uh, Ryan Johnson says, pass injuries to our wide receivers concern me. Debo gets hurt, Hurd, Taylor, et cetera. Would you draft wide receiver at 43 or move back up in the first for one? No, it's a deep wide receiver draft. As I was saying earlier, 17 wide receivers within the top 100. So you'll be able to get one in rounds three, probably. That Because you're not really drafting for wide receiver one, wide receiver two. You're drafting for depth. Um Ayuk looks like he's the clear number one. Debo is going to be the number two. You're drafting slot guy or, you know, another guy situationally that can fill that Kendrick Bourne role. Um, so to me, no, I would go into your offensive line. And then I think um, in rounds three and four, they go wide receiver DB. And then round five, you know, they go edge rotational depth. Yeah. As long as they don't take an edge before that, Matt's not going to riot. Well, I mean, they're not taking an edge at three. This this is not the draft class to do that. So I think I'm good. Yeah. Uh, Saquon got the look while all his commercials silent now, even they don't want full Barkley. Couldn't tell you, to be honest. I've never seen a Saquon Barkley commercial. He had those Subway, if I remember correctly. I think he had some Subway commercials, but I could Would be you just wrong. just like eating a Subway sandwich? I, I mean, you know how cheesy they all are, but yeah. Uh, last point I want to talk to you about before we wrap things up here, take some questions. Yep. Uh, Michael Silver recently came out on NFL Network saying that, you know, he understands right now the Bucks are the hot team, 
but Tom Brady can't play forever, and he has the 49ers as the team to beat in 2021, 2022. Does Michael Silver mm-hmm. know something the rest of us don't, or is he just seeing the writing on the wall? I think that if the team can stay healthy, the last time they were healthy, they went to a Super Bowl, so why wouldn't you expect them to be a really good team? On paper, in terms of you know the players they have at each position, the talent and stuff, but when you look at the rosters, right, it, this team doesn't have holes the way that, you know, the Seattle Seahawks do or even the Rams do, who are very top heavy but are lacking in, in quality players in other areas. So if the 49ers can stay healthy, there's no reason why they shouldn't, you know, compete for the division and be one of the best teams in the NFC. If they're on all cylinders firing and everything like that, we know that the Packers can't beat them. Um, you know, when we were healthy, they, they got smashed twice by the 49ers. Um so it would really just be, okay, you got defending Super Bowl champion. You give them their due. You give them their credit. They're the favorites automatically just because. But the NFC East has gotten weaker. I think the Cowboys aren't that great. Um, I think that the Washington football team is doesn't – I mean, they don't have a quarterback. Do you really trust Daniel Jones? The Giants will be improved, but do you really trust Daniel Jones? Getting Saquon will help, but are they competing? Probably not. And the Philadelphia Eagles are a dumpster fire. They're going to be terrible next year. I think they could be one of the worst teams. Drew Brees retired, so the Saints are 100% going to fall off. Atlanta still have defensive problems. Carolina, they got Sam Darnold, but how is that going to work out overall? They're still not a great team. Tampa will win their division pretty easily. NFC North, outside of the Packers, doesn't really look all that impressive any way you, any way you look at it. So, what are you really looking at? I mean, it's between Tampa Bay and whoever wins the NFC West in terms of the top two teams, uh, because the Packers have shown that in a physical football game, they're going to get beat. So, you know, that's that's what it looks like to me. So if the 49ers can stay healthy, which they haven't been able to do, but if they stay healthy, um, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever they draft at quarterback, that I mean, the team should be able to pound the football, um, you know, make enough plays on offense to score a lot of points, the defense is going to be solid if they stay healthy, especially with Nick Bosa returning. You know, there's no reason why the 49ers can't be one of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah, and on top of all that, they have a really deep rookie class coming in, a lot of picks, obviously, depending on what trades they make. But right now, they're slotted to add a lot of, you know, rookies to add to already the, this, you know, pretty high-quality roster they have compared to other teams that are picking in the top five which is what we talked about last week, which was this roster and the situation is different than other rookie yeah. quarterbacks entering the NFL. They're going yeah. into a nice situation with the 49ers here. Well, and here's the other thing too. Uh, you know, again, like we said, the 49ers were unable to stay healthy. So you're talking about a defending NFC champ getting hurt, right? Not having a good season. And now if they can stay healthy, you're talking about a 49ers team that's going to play a fourth place schedule. So their schedule should be more favorable this year than it was before. So it everything seems to be lining up for a nice 11 and 5, 12 and 4 season at, at conservatively if they can stay healthy. Man, after the year we had last year, that that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> uh do you guys think this is the best draft for quarterbacks? Draft by, best draft class, excuse me. Um, not necessarily. I think that the position's super overvalued. I only think two of these guys are going to work. One is named Trevor Lawrence, and the other guy is whoever the 49ers draft. That's a Colin Cowherd thing that I fully believe in, though. 
Um, yeah. I feel bad if Zach Wilson goes to the Jets, he's not going to have a good career because that that organization's a dumpster fire. And you know, it's just what are you going to do? You know, if Trey Lance goes to Denver, we've seen how their first round quarterbacks and second round quarter. I mean, this is their third crack at a top fifty quarterback selection Gosh. if they go quarterback. So. It hasn't been good. I mean, they thought Paxton Lynch was worthy of a first-round pick. So, yeah, some of these it, guys it, are it, not going to work out. It, it reminds me of the the class where Darnold, twenty seventeen class, yeah, Darnold yeah, Rosen, yeah, yeah, Darnold Rosen, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it reminds me like, just like Josh that. Allen is a star. Baker Mayfield's a serviceable starter. With you know, he's he's like an average to above average starter. Mm-hmm. Darnold has been terrible, and Rosen is essentially a jettisoned quarterback who's been forgotten by everybody. So that's pretty much what it is. And then Lamar Jackson, obviously, Lamar Jackson is in there as well. He went at the end of the first round, but he's not without his issues either. We've seen, right. hey, man, really good regular season quarterback, but when defenses tighten up in, in the playoffs, he can't really throw his way out of a deficit. So that becomes an issue too. He seems like he's kind of hit his ceiling as a passer, which – People are going to come at me for, but it's tr- it, listen, dude, he's going into year four and he still makes the same shitty passes he made in his rookie year. So when you look, when you hold him up to Josh Allen, who's had significant improvement in terms of accuracy, reading the field and all that stuff, then I can't really give Lamar Jackson a pass. Great athlete, but ath- athletics fail and athletics will, you know, end an injury at some point. It happened to Michael Vick. It happened to it happened to Steve Young, who was a good passer, but his career ended in injury. So when you put yourself out there, sometimes bad things happen. Yeah, RG3 as well after that. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes had injuries the last couple of years. Yep. He had yep. the foot injury last year. He had the dislocated kneecap the year before when they won the Super Bowl. It's not like these guys are getting away scot-free. Even somebody as big as Josh Allen has taken hits and has had those ticky tack injuries. So Justin Herbert last year, who had a fantastic rookie year, took some huge hits and he's a six, six guy. He's, he's like 250 pounds and he still, he still had times where he was knocked out of the game for a player too. Yeah. So you it's put true. yourself out there, you take hits, you're going to end up being injured. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Melissa says, how can Seattle be a favorite three picks this year? Both lines are garbage. Plus so many holes. I think they're the favorite Russell by default. Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Until until one of these teams stays healthy enough. I, I actually don't think that. So I think that most media darlings, most media members or whatever of the mainstream media are going to have the Rams as the division winners because of the flashy Matthew Stafford move. That's Makes what I sense. think. Yeah. Uh, Melissa as well. Is there a shark backup we can teach Sock Corner to? While he is here, I'm hoping to get a center to train under Mac. Um, center, you either have it or you don't. Like offensive linemen typically don't need a long time to be able to. I mean, right? You know, plug and play. You just block the dude in front of you, or you you <laughs> hit your gap like you're supposed to, right? Yeah. Um, that I think you can get as as it comes and as you need it. Um, a slot corner, get corners are typically pretty pretty ready to go too. So you're going to have a little bit of ups and downs, but you know, pretty quickly, same thing with wide receivers. You kind of know, um, like it was readily apparent last year that if, 
if the 49ers had better quarterback play, Brandon Ayuk was going to blow up the spot. Like he would, oh, he just yeah. played really, really well. Um, I know that we were talking with like four weeks to go that there was a chance that he would hit a thousand yards this rookie season, and it didn't happen because the quarterback play was absolutely trash. Yeah. So Noodle Nick and and CJ Dunce are out of here, so we can get better guys in there. You know. Yeah, accurate guys, guys with an arm. Hopefully. Yeah. Forty nine um, media put it out there, but I do agree. You can get if you can draft like an Elijah Molden if that's the way you want to go. I think he's going late round one, so I don't think they're going to get shot unless they trade back uh, up in the first round to get him. But yeah, Elijah Molden could be some guy, somebody that you can put out there. Mm-hmm. And and just like you said earlier, we've talked about previously. They're no strangers to trading back into that first round. If yeah. they, there's a guy they like, fell a little later than maybe they thought, Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised to see him do it at all. Absolutely. Uh, Niner Joe, do you think they'll draft a running back later in the round or will they sign undrafted free agents? I think that it would be, if anything, it's going to be like sixth, seventh round right. or undrafted guys. I mean, they, yeah. So two spots are already taken up 100% for sure. Um, Raheem Mostert and uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. are going to be back. And then you look at a guy that I like, Jermichael Hasty. I think, before the clavicle. He showed a little wiggle. He showed a little burst. They're going to bring him back. So really, you'd be looking for depth at the position in case one of the other guys got hurt or you just needed to bring somebody in. Um, yeah. It, it's... I mean, they've they've done a great job of, okay, Matt Breida was an undrafted free agent. Michael Hasty was an undrafted free agent. Jeff Wilson Jr. was an undrafted free agent. Raheem Mostert, I think, was an undrafted free agent. I don't think Mostert was drafted, but he just found his way around the league. So it's not like, you know, somebody's going to draft Najee Harris too high. I just call it right now. He's going to be a top 20 pick for no – you don't need him to be a top 20 pick. You should – running backs should not be drafted first round anymore. No. It sucks for I them because you know you want them to get paid because um, they have a tough job, but the position's so devalued that you just don't need it. I don't. I don't envision them drafting a running back like you said, prior to round five. But no, yeah, no, it's five or later. It it's would be nice to see three. like a, a Trey Sermon, Trey Sermon, and a Shanahan offense. Um, yeah, I, like I don't that. think so. But Williams from North Carolina would be a good pick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the recovery. Who are we picking at three? Straightforward. I like it. I I am hoping. I think I've I've hitched my wagon to Justin Fields at three. Yeah, I I've with, liked Justin for a while. Yeah, with the outside shot that the Jets take Justin Fields, and then I think the Niners take Zach Wilson. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Um, I agree. No matter what. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my only. Our, I mean, both of ours, but. Just not Mac Jones. If if it's Justin Fields, no, it's Trey Jones. Lance, Zach Wilson, I think we'd all be okay. I think our right. number one is is definitely Justin Fields, and then you know, I think you have Zach Wilson. I think we both had Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. Does that does that ranking still hold true today, or would you, if they're both there, do you take Justin Fields? Uh, if if Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are there, in a hypothetical situation, I know they won't be, but say yeah. you have the Niners had number two pick. Um, I think I would still just edge out Zach Wilson. Okay. Bit. I like it. I think he's a little bit freer with his arm. Okay. Um, I think he, he delivers those off platform passes a little bit better. So I think I've done a little too much selling myself on Justin Fields. So at this moment, yeah, I, Justin Fields. 
it, yeah, I've got I've got that paralysis by analysis thing too. It's just like I don't know at this point. <laughs> at this point, if it was Wilson or Fields, I don't think that the 49ers could make a mistake between those two. No, that's a good point. Yeah, they're they're going to do well whoever they they go with. Yep. Um, do you think we get a good safety or a safety with Maiden and others in case Water Tart missed time? Potentially, I think that safety is definitely on the board in terms of who they could draft. Um, I need to do a little bit more research into the DB class because if it was me, I think the 49ers go round three or round four. They go a guy that could play either or that could go corner or safety because they like that versatility without having to spend a bunch of capital. So that, that if they can get a guy who can who can oscillate between the two, fill holes where they need to be filled, then that's I think that's the direction they'd go in. Yeah, like a Jimmy Ward guy who's versatile can, you know, step into slot, go back to safety. Um, Niner Joe, Sims had Josh Rosen with the highest ceiling and no bust potential. Hey, mm-hmm. I like Josh Rosen. He was my quarterback one in that class, so I fell for it too. I, guess. I liked him too. I think, I think honestly, he did not get any favors in the NFL. It's a rough. He's had a rough path. The teams did both teams did him wrong. Like you go to two of the worst teams in the league, you, you don't even get a full season of starting time under your belt. It's yeah, I don't think they did him any favors, but that happens sometimes. Yep. Um, Melissa says plus Carol and and uh, Russ and Carol toxic as hell. Almost reminds me of Jimmy and Kyle. Only difference is the quarterback whining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the difference. Flip the talent. Russ, uh, Russ is a better player than Carroll as a coach. Kyle is a better coach than Jimmy as a player. That's a great point. I never Pete really Carroll has been carried by great talent. He had great talent at USC that carried him to national championships, and he's had Russell Wilson in the NFL. Yeah. Go look at what he did. Go look at what he did with the Jets and tell me that he's a good head coach in the NFL without Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, do we see baby Kittle Charlie Warner this year? Um, yeah, he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, 49er media says, I have a feeling we do draft a running back because we were looking at Giovanni Bernard day three. Yeah. Which is exactly what Bernard would have added. Um, I think Kelly brought Mostert in for special teams. Yep. That's what he was when they, he was a special teams ace. Um, for media, Trey Lance, Trey Lance has been the soup of the day today, but All right, guys, that's going to do it. We really appreciate you guys tuning in for this episode of the Red Gold Standard Podcast. If you haven't already, do us a solid. Go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to reach our goal of 50 five-star reviews. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We are trying to reach 2,000 subscribers. Oh, I think you're muted. Well, I was going to do my exit, but I screwed that one up. Anyway, as Zach said, (laughs) subscribe, like all that stuff click the bell for notifications so you never miss another video we always have to have something in a live show we can't go one time without something happening but we'll see you again soon and until next time go niners